Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Seven brides for seven fuckers. Oh, man. Is that a good new one? Lucky brides. Seven brides for seven fuckers. I like it. Mm. Oh, my God. Last night. Uh, so... I've been drinking a lot alone. You know what I mean? I sit, I sit in the house. I drink, I drink quite a bit. It's fun, right? Um, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's really great. I know. I think it's making me better, better as a person. And I had smoked about three or four bowls. Um, and I sat on the couch and I watched uh, the first two episodes of American Horror Story, which was. Let's call it bullshit. But <laughs> I thought that there were good kills in it. The kills were good, and it's just like you know. At the same time, you don't need to make a clown that clown that creepy. I don't want to get into it. But right. I fucking genuinely was half asleep in a throes of booze and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And I was half asleep through, like, half-closed eyes. I opened up, and I swear to God, I thought I saw an old lady in my room. Yeah, are we recording? I, uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even know. I thought there was a... Per- I thought there was I a... beat the shit out of an old woman. No, no. <laughs> oh, I see. No, I thought I saw an old lady, and it turned out to be a magazine that I got for the last airplane I took. It was just like, it had half fallen out of the bookshelf, and I almost struck it, you know? I'll right. hit a ghost woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't Get drink. Her. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't drink alone. You're hitting magazines, Henry. You're hitting inanimate objects that are supposed to be read, not hit. Just, I, please, Henry, do not attack any full torso vapors. Oh, my God. Next thing you know, he's, he's kicking books. You should yeah, see what he's doing to flyers. Vapor. Some full torso fucking vapor pulled up in a quote-unquote mail van, uh-huh. and he put my quote-unquote mail in my quote-unquote <laughs> fucking mailbox, and I showed that full torso vapor a thing or two by cracking him in his nuts. Well, postal service workers have it hard enough. I don't think you have to crack their nuts every time you see them delivering you the much-needed packages that have to be delivered to Mr. Famous Celebrity Henry Zabrowski. Postal workers don't have families. No. Postal workers are broken veterans that the government is killing through treating like robots. Well, that is treating not them. entirely inaccurate. If you go back to an episode where we discuss the uh, postal workers breakdown and how they murdered everybody. Yeah, that would be Spree Killers Part 1. Oh, all right. Um, all right, well, uh, that's Marcus, and I'm Ben. Obviously, Henry's here because he's punching books. Yeah, yeah, name's U.S. postal worker Thomas Rafterson. Whoa. <laughs> Thomas, what's I the favorite? I all your bills. I look through your girly magazines and I wonder what you look like in them. And I'll tell you what you look like in them. You look like fucking garbage. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite part about the job, Thomas? 
I like looking in windows. And I, like, <laughs> I like smelling their cats. If they right. leave their cat out, I pull out their cat and I just fucking take a big long smell of their assholes. And I just look in the uh-huh. mirror and if I see the lovely young woman who's living in there, I say, oh yeah, sniffing your pussy, sniffing your pussy, sniffing right. your pussy. And I just. Oh. And I yeah. also enjoy being on time with the mail. That's good. I was going to say there's some major <laughs> cuts happening with the uh, U.S. Postal Service. Do you feel like your activity as a postman has uh, negatively affected the entire industry? Well, mostly I sleep. I wake <laughs> up. Uh, I wake up after about two hours of sleep because I spend all night punching magazines and drinking scotch. Oh, and I, I like, see. Yeah, and then I, you know, I, I get back. I get into work. First thing I do is go to sleep, and mm. then the second thing I do is I wake up. I slide on a pair of women's underpants and I jerk off through them. Oh, you the have to. Thing I do yeah. is I get my mail bag and I do about 45 minutes of mail work, and then I go back to the office and I go back to sleep, and that whole cycle. So when do you think when do you think the cops are going to catch you as a serial killer? When do you think you're going to be caught? Uh, I mean, we're all doing it together. Mm-hmm. You know, we? and I keep I, I met this man. He was uh, he said he was a U.S. senator, but he had these weird like flap things that shot out of the side of him, like a diplosaur, and he shot venom all over this one guy. But then when we were hanging out, he seemed pretty cool, and he had a pretty big plan for how everything was going to be for the next thirty years. So I'm in, I'm into that. Very good, very good. Well, that is spooky, and uh, that plays in perfectly for today's episode. We got spooky spaghetti. We got some creepy pasta. Oh, oh we've got some phantom perebriato. Well, what happened? Bella <laughs> Pignato? We got some Parmesan phantasms. Ah. We got some creepy pastas up in this shit. Yeah. Um, and I will say, we've been doing these creepy pasta episodes for how long now? This is our ninth one. Wow. Ninth one. Getting to the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> yeah. People got to keep on writing those creepy pastas, you know? Um, I have a couple of original ones and a couple other things I think they're going to freak you the fuck out. All um, right. And to, again, this is the uh, we're still celebrating Halloween. Yes. Um, went to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, how was that? With Jackie Zabrowski, of course. Yes, I did. Thank you to people who suggested I go there. It fucking ruled. Um, a lot less crazy than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And um, uh, a fucking... <laughs> did people think that you were brother and sister or husband and wife? <laughs> uh, that was what was... Jackie insisted on buying this tentacle hat because we both were, like, we grew up poor. So every time we right. went to amusement parks, we would, like, we always see people with all the light-up shit on, like, all the cool dumb shit. And, mm-hmm. like, we're, like, we was like, I want that. And my mom is always like, you got to put us in the poorhouse every time. Right. And you're <laughs> like, we already live in the poorhouse. Yeah. So this time I was like to Jackie, I was like, we're getting all the fucking light-up right. shit. And so, so we were covered in light-up shit. Right. Henry, and Jackie you- insisted on buying this tentacle hat that looked like a veil. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we just look like an incredibly cold newlywed couple. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was it? Is it your ultimate goal to become white trash with money? <laughs> because I feel like that was the trashiest thing I've ever heard in my life. We grew up poor. I swore to God, when we had our money, we were gonna buy light up hats. Yeah, that's how, that's what you know. All you was. see all them kids that had them big old top hats on made of felt, and they had them aliens all oh, over them. Oh man, I, I want to be like the rich kids who had that four ninety nine dumb light up cap. <laughs> Dang it! 
Yeah, we were we were living it up. We were Zabrowski rich last last <laughs> weekend, and it was amazing. But no, it's very scary, and uh, I hurt my knee my knee pretty significantly. Uh -oh. We went to the Dracula Unborn house, which was kind of stupid, and the movie looks kind of stupid. Yeah, I know. That seems like a whole marketing ploy. Why'd you go to the sellout place? Because it was I'm we're, I paid the money. We were doing every fucking maze. I don't give a fuck. Right. We're doing every maze, and I was ready to punch out of Dracula as soon as I walked right. in there, and a fucking. There was a fake farmhouse. I didn't see the flappy thing. Like, because a lot of times the guys would pop out and they come out of flappy things. And I was like, it was perfect, perfect for them. I was just like staring at the flappy thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this door? What is And then fucking gay ass Dracula pops out of the thing because there was like nine Draculas with wigs on and fake swords. And he was right. just like, oh. And it scared me so fucking bad that I ran. I ran and fell over a stalactite and hurt my knee. Oh, my God. Henry, we've got to make that reality show we've been talking about for years where we just go to haunted locations. Yeah, it's, it's too perfect. The shit out of me. Oh, All man. Right. So now we begin this creepypasta episode. Mm -hmm. um, or I want you to go and put your Nona's apron on, right? But unless take she's off using all the rest. Yeah. Unless she's no, rip it off her fucking fat. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I think that is a sexual assault. But no, I'm just saying. Hopefully, she's not wearing anything underneath it, so you can see her big old hanging barada bags. Mm -hmm. They're swinging mozzadels. Oh, right? I love them. Yeah. And you fucking take off all your clothes. Put on that apron. Put on a chef's hat. Right. Get a whole bunch of Jamaican basil. If you know what I'm talking about. I don't. Fucking ro roll it into a fucking. A cigarette, a joint. Roll into a joint. Jamaican basil, Jamaican basil, that's weed, huh? <laughs> that's weed. Uh -huh. I don't know how that's I racist, want, but I, I don't want be. you to yeah. fucking smoke it to your dome piece right now right. and prepare to get your nipples hard by how scary these creepypastas are going to be. Yeah. I do think that's how uh, Ed Larson from the Roundtable prepares for his job at the uh, at the Subway, at the uh, cheesesteak shop. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much a <laughs> Subway. So he yeah. doesn't punch a customer. Um, <laughs> All right, so who wants to start? Um, I can go first. All right, let's start. You want to start off, Ben? Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't care. All right. Well, let's no, see. Uh, no, Henry, ahead. you go first. You Let go, first. go first. <laughs> no, I'll go first. My grandmother right. grew <laughs> up in the slums. Okay, so what's this called? This is called seaweed. Is, uh, seaweed. Yeah, what's wrong with you, Henry? No, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, it's called seaweed. <laughs> this is all about it's a story that people find to be very scary. And everyone's going to be terrified. <laughs> Please. <clears throat> My grandmother grew up in this. Uh, <laughs> God, mm. <laughs> All right, Henry, enough. <laughs> I, have a, I have an acting role on Thursday. You could. I do. I'm playing the Toxic Avenger. Ooh. Oh, I thought you're not playing the illiterate butler. <laughs> no, no. Is how I describe that, your reading ability? No, that's for uh, whoever made the butler's next movie, the illiterate butler. I will be the star. I can't read, Gerald Vaughn. I better ask Mr. Nixon how to teach My me how to read. My mm. mm -hmm. I've been interrupted. Very good. Let's just... My grandmother grew up in the slums of Prohibition-era Chicago. Her family lived in a small house near the harbor, and one of her earliest memories was of a particularly hot summer. Hot. It was hot. Uh, seeking respite from the heat, she and her sister discovered a seldom-used section of the boardwalk near an abandoned warehouse. That's fun. Every night for several weeks, the two girls would make their own way, would make their way down to the docks and sit together on the edge of the pier as the sun went down. My grandmother vividly, for a time fondly, recalled the feel of the seaweed between her toes as she and her sister dangled their feet into the murky water. The water wasn't clean. 
And so that's a sad. That's, that's more of a uh, environmental issue. Yeah. Is that the scary part of the story? Well, I mean, if you, if you think about what we're doing to our oceans, that's pretty damn scary. So yeah, maybe people should uh, stop drinking so many Dunkin' Donuts soda or what are you talking coffees. about? What are you just Dunkin' Donuts it? coffees are what's ruining America um, with the plastic. Anyway, so their feet are dangling there in the murky water due to the pollution we just discussed. It wasn't until years later that she returned to the pier and found that the warehouse had been completely demolished. Curious, she, curious, she made an inquiry uh, to the Department of Planning and Development. Apparently, the warehouse had been owned by the mob, who was using it as a base of operations for the local prostitution racket. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, so that's where that's um, where your mother used to work, right? At the dock, a prostitute house. Like a prostitute right? dog, you fucking fishwife. Are you guys making yeah. fun of my mom? Is that what happened? My mother used to work at... Are you telling me my, my mother used to work at the prostitution racket? I'm just saying your mother was very friendly to me and my friends. <laughs> my mom didn't have sex with you. Did she have sex? Mm. It had only been uncovered when an associate... This is the, uh, the prostitution racket. Mm -hmm. It had only been uncovered when an associate began disposing of rival hookers by fitting them with concrete shoes and dumping them into the harbor. Uh, so those so, what, so they have like teams like they I were guess. known as like the Saint Lo the Saint Louis pussy queefs <laughs> right and, and, and then called like you know the Rumperton like fishnet bottoms yeah and then like Vinny's vaginas they were the tough ones snapping all the time um, and okay so they were dumping these uh, rival hookers always uh, with their concrete shoes and, and dumping them in the harbor investigating officers had re uh, investigating officers had recovered nearly two dozen bodies from the water of a secluded pier nearby. How had the bodies been discovered? Hmm. A passing fisherman spotted some of the victim's hair floating near the surface of the water like seaweed. Their hair, it was her, their hair that so she was touching with her they, toes. They, that the water was dirty because they, there was seaweed in it. But it was hooker hair. Oh, yeah. So that's the whole point. So let's do First that. First of all, I'm just going to say, if I you pants. think that a seaweed is a hooker's hair, you are a fucking idiot. Well, that's and you deserve you deserve to have the dead body juice all over your feet, you and your fucking dumb grandmother. Well, this is I why. I the story is real. It is real. <laughs> Prohibition era Chicago, not a lot to do. And you just don't want to, uh, you don't want to realize the hard truth that everyone, you know, that you think a seaweed is actually just a hooker's hair. <laughs> Everything you think well, is seaweed gonna be, is hooker's hair. That's going to be great at fucking beaches from now on. Be like, yeah. ah, I got some hooker hair on my goddamn ankle. <laughs> I love like that. You're going with your dirty Uncle Arnie to the fucking beach. <laughs> I don't know why. That. I, I feel like it's more disgusting to touch seaweed. I hated seaweed as a kid. Seaweed hooker's hair? Worst. I can deal with hooker's hair. <laughs> it's just grass. Right, human grass. Sea grass. Yeah, it keeps on growing, I think, uh, post-mortem as well. Yeah, well, actually, that is a myth. It is does it? not keep growing. The Rather, skin the skin recedes. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Well, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have a nice full head of hair when you die, Henry. <laughs> that, is, that is funny. All right, so this story is called The Old Lady. <laughs> One day at a shopping mall in the afternoon, a woman was coming out of the mall from a shopping spree because um, she's, she was fucking, had nothing else going on. She's a lady. Yeah, it's fine. People go on shopping sprees all the time, Henry. I love shopping sprees. She was in a hot, she was in a hoppy mode. She was in a happy <laughs> mode. She had gotten to her car and loaded her stuff that she had bought into her trunk. When she was done loading, she shut the door of her trunk and she saw an old lady standing by the passenger side of her car. The old woman said, 
Would you be a darling and give me a lift home? I don't have a car and I was walking all day. The woman said I'd be happy to. So she unlocked the door for the old woman. Mm, don't old do that. Old woman. <laughs> As she started to make her way around the car to the driver's side, she started to feel uncomfortable. So when she got in the car, she looked at her purse and said, Darn, I can't find my credit card. I'm going to go inside and see if anybody found it. The old woman said, I'll wait for you here. The woman left to go look for help. Then she found a security guard and told him the situation. He went back to the woman's car and the passenger door was wide open. On the seat of the car was a shopping bag that the old woman had been carrying. Inside of the bag was the old woman's dress and a gray-haired wig, along with a huge butcher's knife, a video camera, and a roll of duct tape. <sighs> and I mean, like, at the same time, First of all, was it Alan Cumming? Yeah. <laughs> as an old woman? Like, how do you know? Or is it or like cut to reality and it's just a guy fucking full huge, like Eddie in an old man woman wig. Just yeah. sitting there just going like, hey, uh, you be a darling and give me a little thumb. I got an old woman here and I, I don't have a car. I was walking all day and I kind of like, I'm thirsty for blood. So, uh, did I go too far there? <laughs> Think you're overselling. Mm-hmm. All right, this story. Oh, that was it? That was it. That's the whole thing? That's the whole thing. Oh, my good. I thought there was going to be more. It just sounds like a, a Newt Gingrich weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, so somebody died. Well, technically, what she went she went on Amazon and bought the senator packet. <laughs> right. <laughs> a exactly. box that comes with a knife and a roll of duct tape, an old woman's rig, right. and a video camera. I paid an extra $5 for the J. Edgar Hoover collection. Yeah, and that comes with panties with an extra an extra wide front so you can slip your balls in there. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right, this one is called The Real Santa. Ooh. No matter what type of parents you have, they will always tell you about an old man in a red suit with a white beard and a hat that comes unless down... Unless they're poor. Unless they're poor. Yeah. That comes down your chimney and lays presents in your living room every Christmas like eggs. Later on, you then find out it's all a lie, but what you don't know is they weren't lying. They were just giving you a slightly hidden warning so you'd go to sleep. Santa is really just an old man in poverty who abducts kids who aren't sleeping on the 25th of December and takes them to a so-called wonderland and does several disgusting and traumatizing things to you that he'll make sure himself you won't remember a single moment of it. No, he's talking about like sucking your little dick and like playing with your balls, right? And stuff like that. Yeah, right. Stuff right. like that. Yeah, very traumatic. What if he's or he puts like... on like a one man show that's just like really boring. <laughs> yeah. This is my question. If an old man's like sucking your dick and you're like a little kid, right? Right. What if he's fucking like really good at it? I don't think you is can that... be if you don't like the it doesn't matter if they're good at it if you don't like them down there. I'm sure a, a cat's probably fairly good at it. No, rough tongue. Yeah, rough tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Your parents in bed are actually pleading and begging God to make sure you don't go downstairs as they secretly themselves have experienced what he's capable of doing. Oh, Mr. Living in a two-bedroom house. First <laughs> world, first 1% like, really problem. It's weird the way he smelled, but I'll say that fake Santa ate me out for like an hour, and your old father here won't even go down on me for two minutes. It's <laughs> yeah, a gift he that keeps on giving. Yeah. But... He's left an accidentally large part of information of what happened to them in their brain. Oh, 
He also likes taking away very important things from children's lives so he can still slightly meddle with children's happiness. Wondering how your dog or cat went missing several years ago when you were little? There's your answer. So next time you and your kids celebrate Christmas, just think to yourself, what could happen if your kids go downstairs and enter the living room? Think, Think about, about it. it. Think about it. They're going to realize that it. you don't have any gifts for them because you're bad parents. Bad parents. Bad parents. Or somebody named Roger stole your cat and had sex with it. <laughs> there was a guy named Roger in Stevens Point when I was growing up that got arrested multiple times for having sex with cats, which of course kills them because they're relatively small creatures. That they are, yeah. And then he would throw them into Iverson Lake. Even a finger would kill a cat. Yeah, and this man, so I mean, he was mentally uh, How's he slow. doing now? Is he good? <laughs> yeah, I actually think he, uh, he turned out to be... Uh, Scott Walker, the governor, uh, which is pretty, yeah, he, he, did, he changed his name and really had made something of himself. Good for him. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll read one called Baby Doll. All right, so this one, uh, Baby Doll. Susie received a realistic talking baby doll as a Christmas gift from her father that year. However, <laughs> uh, so she got a doll, uh, every girl's dream. However, try as she might, the doll couldn't find the void left behind by the baby that Susie's father had killed and buried in the basement after discovering the 17-year-old's unplanned pregnancy. Let's read it again. <laughs> Holy Lord, that took a turn. Susie I received. I don't a... really understand. It's two. It's two lines long. Right. It's actually <laughs> four. It's three doll. and a quarter. It's three. All and right. A... She re Susie she received, received a realistic talking baby doll as a Christmas gift from her father that year. That year. We know that. That that happened in that year. She got a realistic talking doll. Yes. However, try as she might, the doll couldn't fill the void left behind by the baby that Susie's father had killed and buried in the basement after discovering the 17-year-old's unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. My main question is why are we still <laughs> celebrating Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like... If, all... dad, if, dad, if dad killed the baby, you yeah. literally shat right. out a baby and your father Right. Came in there and he fucking popped out its eye. He did something like how I imagine, like, what's the best way to kill a baby, right? I play golf Just with grab it. Grab it by its legs <laughs> yeah. and snap it like a wet towel. Exactly. Right? You go like snap, snap, snap. So yeah. it's all its bones shatter. Right. right? Instantly. Right. Then you're just going to hang out. For months, <laughs> I guess. For Christmas to come. Well, we don't know and then when your she dad's lost. Going to give us you a talk a baby doll and be like, wink, 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 wink. Hey, let's not let's not talk about uh, August, huh? Yeah, I would have tried <laughs> to distract her from the memory of me murdering her unplanned pregnancy. Get her a dog. Yeah, a dog is great because that'll dog fill the void. A, yeah, you know what also works yeah. for all that? PlayStation Four. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. So yeah, so. Well, at least Susie got a gift, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of nice. <laughs> a lot of kids out there get nothing for Christmas. And she was having sex. She probably had a boyfriend as well. Yeah. Unless oh. it was the fathers who <laughs> made her, who then, got her pregnant. Ooh. What do you got, Henry? Um, this is a story from Reddit No Sleep that is called Never Go Camping Alone. Ooh. And it was written by Senyin, S-E-N-Y-I-N. Or it's real. Yeah, I mean, if it's real, it is like the saddest story it's real. ever. This is a real story. I could tell. Yeah. I always loved camping. It's been one of those things that I fell in love with as a kid. My dad and I used to go camping all the time when I was young. would always tease me about the creatures that would come up to our tents. Wolves, bears, or monsters. He'd often scare me with monster, a monster mask he would bring with him, which is fucking, that's really fucked up that he would do that because it sounds like you're getting molested. Mm -hmm. He'd stand outside the tent and pretend to be a monster just to spook me. It always worked, because you're a pussy. I went on camping last week. It's been six years since my dad died. 
I decided to go on my own to enjoy it, to relax, to try to remember the good times I used to have with Dad. I miss those fun times. I met a kind couple who was camped not too far away. They seemed so happy that I was almost jealous. The day went by just fine. It wasn't until night that something went wrong. I woke up with a jerk. Oh, 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 I'm having one. I could hear heavy breathing and footsteps around my tent. My heart raced and I didn't know why. I was disoriented. I didn't know where I was at first, having almost forgotten that I had gone to camping out in front of 656 Metropolitan where Ben Kissel lives. <laughs> then I laughed, telling Dad to stop. But Dad was gone. He had been gone several years. That thing outside was not my dad. I felt a strong fear build up inside me as the snaps of twigs echoed in the emptiness of night. I heard no crickets, no wind, nothing, but the thick, heavy breathing that circled around my tent. A shadow cast upon my tent, the fire outside still barely burning. It was stretched, disoriented, but long jaws like a wolf could be seen with teeth that seemed out of place, crooked, and the thick slides of drool were caught in the shadow as it dripped. <coughs> It had to be a wolf or a bear, I couldn't tell. Dad always jokes. Dad always joked. I never thought it would actually happen. A, a deep snarl came from the beast outside. I was so scared. I couldn't scream to reach for my phone to call someone. No signal. The beast outside began to run against my tent. It cracked snarls. It breathed deeply. It could smell me. I knew it. I didn't know how I knew, but it was there for me. I was going to, it was going to kill me. The tent began to get pushed in. The creature outside clawing and pawing at it. Then suddenly it launched itself forward, smashing the tent in as it snarled and cracked an eerie howl like a wolf in the night. But wrong. This howl sounded man-made in a way. Howl! Howl! I could not scream. My tent now halfway caved in as the beast tried to find me, and I knew and I knew it knew where I was if I screamed. A heavy paw ripped through the tent. I had to cover my mouth with my hands as tears rolled up my eyes. I was going to die. I thought at first a bear paw, but its fur was missing. Claws nearly three inches long, each a toe broken, and hanging off as if dead flesh and stitches. I saw stitches going around the beast ankle, as if a human had helped it. I watched as the paw pulled out and a wolf-like muzzle shoved its way into the hole trying to get its head in. This crooked teeth pointed outwards, a second set inside its muzzle like a shark ready to rip apart flesh. Stitches going across furless flesh as it snarled and growled, try trying to rip into the tent more than a voice. I felt my heart stop. Come out. Play with me. Love me. I thought I had imagined it, but it kept talking in an inhuman, cracked voice like what you would hear in a distorted recording. But this beast mouth was moving with every word it spoke so fast it's hard to remember it all, but I remember it keep repeating, love me. It demanded it, demanded that I leave the tent and love it. I'll make you a part of me. We'll never be alone. Always together, forever, in my flesh. I heard a scream outside my tent. A woman. I saw the light of a flashlight across over the tent walls that had caved in. An unearthly roar. That same human created a distorted noise. It was so loud. Howl! Howl! It was so loud right over me, and then it left. It got off my tent. Love me! I heard it scream in the voice as it ran. I could only assume it was chasing the woman. I could hear her screaming, get off! Blood-curdling screams of sheer horror as she cried. Morning came. I could not sleep that night. <laughs> I heard a man outside my tent calling to see if I was inside. It was a man dressed in uniform. 
I guess he was the forest ranger that watched over the camping section. I slowly got out with his help. The couple that had been not too far from me, their, their tent were ripped to shreds, an area marked off by police. The man told me a murder had happened. I asked the stranger what happened to the man who was with her. He gave me an odd look before asking, what man? Yet she had apparently come alone. I knew that wasn't right. I talked to them. She seemed so happy. He helped me get my stuff to the car. We packed up the leave and thanked him. As I closed my door, I heard him knocking on my window. I rolled it down, and fear struck into me as he stared at me with black eyes, red inhuman pupils in the center, and tipped his hat, those stitches, around his wrist. You'll love me next time. You'll never want to leave. I slammed on the gas pedal, looking at the side mirror as I drove away. A creepy smile on his face as he just watched. I've never gone back. <laughs> I'll tell you mm. that. I'm so afraid of going camping now. Seriously. Yep. But I tell this story to anyone else. They just tell me it must have been a bear. And I was just scared. But that was not a damn bear. I don't know what it was, but it talked to me. It wants me to love it. I, like, almost want to love him back. We could be together forever, apparently. Think that, that That's not the story anymore. I think that's, now that's you, I think. There. No, but that is literally the last two lines of the story. But it's, yeah, but I do like that. Yeah, it's that perfect. bear just wanted you to suck his dick. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like uh, he went to Abe Vigoda's campgrounds. <laughs> it's just one of the perks. Yeah. Love me. It was just Love me. Would you like Wandering the forest. People have forgot about me. But if you remember me, then they'll cast me in another sitcom with Seinfeld. Do you remember my years on Family Feud? <laughs> Never go to old haunted Hollywood campgrounds ever again. That's scary. Uh, this next one's called Lightning. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I love lightning because that's where energy comes from. That's not where all energy comes from. Well, I don't know, but that's where we got our first light. Our light Are you a caveman? No. Are you legitimately? No. Like, do you just think that like the sky, that like the sun is a lamp, and that like the shaman come out every day and he pulls on the lamp light and it if just the, the light goes out? If the sun's on a lamp, how come every day I um um wake up at what? noon and it's on? <laughs> you know how come that's the case? Because you're late for work. Oh, you should have been at work. Yeah, Ooh, by then. Yeah. yeah. All right, lightning. We had just moved into a little ranch house in the suburbs. Storybook neighborhood, quiet, friendly neighbors, picket fences, the whole nine yards. Suffice it to say that this was supposed to be a new start for me, a recently single dad, and my three-year-old son. What happened to your wife? We don't know. Oh, okay. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, that's really the story inside the story here. A time to move on from the previous year's drama and stress. I viewed the thunderstorm as a metaphor for this fresh start. One last show with theatrics before the dirt and grime of the past would be washed away. My son loved it anyway, even with the power out. It was the first big storm he'd ever seen. Flashes of lightning flooded the bare rooms of our house, imparting unpacked boxes with long creeping shadows, and he jumped and squealed as the thunder boomed. It was well past his bedtime before he'd finally settled down enough to go to sleep. The next morning, I found him awake in bed and smiling. I watched the lightning at my window, he proudly announced. A few mo mornings later, he told me the same thing. You're silly, I said. It didn't storm last night. You were only dreaming. Oh, he seemed somewhat disheartened. I ruffled his hair and told him not to worry. There should be another storm soon. Then it became a pattern. He would tell me how he watched the lightning outside his window at least twice a week, despite there being no storms. Recurring dreams of that first memorable thunderstorm, I figured. 
Apparently, this is also the same story as why Charlie Sheen and Brett Rossi broke up. This is because he kept saying shit like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or there's a used car salesman named Ron Lightning, and he was just in there and molesting the boy. Well, you kind of gave away the story. Then. Oh, did I, I didn't read that one. I'm sorry. It's easy to hate myself in hindsight. Everybody assures me there's nothing I could have done. No way I could have known. But I'm supposed to be the guardian of my child, and, there are, and these are useless words of comfort. I constantly relive that morning, making my coffee, pouring milk over my cereal, and picking up the newspaper to read about the pedophile local authorities had just arrested. <laughs> every morning. That's what I do every morning. It was front page stuff. <laughs> wow. Apparently, this guy would select a young target, usually a boy, stake out their house for a while, and take flash photos of them through their window while they slept. Sometimes he did more. My stomach sank as the connection was made. At least he was asleep. Yeah. At the time, it was merely something from a child's imagination. In retrospect, it is the scariest thing I've ever heard. About a week before the predator was caught, my son came up to me in his pajamas. Guess what, he asked. What? No more lightning in my window. I played along. Oh, that's nice. It finally died down, huh? <laughs> why, were you, why, why are you playing along? No, he said. Now it's in my closet. Lightning in the closet. Pedophile in the closet. Ah, pedophile in the, the closet. But it says right here, I've yet to see the photos police have collected. Yeah. Because yeah. they're too busy beating off to him? I don't know what you want yeah. from us I don't from know that what story. Because you literally were just sitting there going like right. stirring your coffee, just going like, huh, pedophile taking pictures. Of his Weird. His son keeps seeing lightning as he goes to sleep. Huh. Oh, well. Oh, I sure hope I can... Make it to the office on time, and there's not a too good of a radio program on the radio that forces me to sit in my car for 15 minutes because I'm a fucking psychopath. Yeah, bad dad. <laughs> bad dad for sure. Yeah, I can't believe I called that one. Yeah. Very good. Keep it in. Yeah, I want to get some credit there. Nailed it. Oh, all right. Now I have one. It's called Smile for Me, which is kind of exciting. And I always I always scream that at ladies on the street. Smile for me. Smile. <laughs> which smile. is great. Which is really yeah. great. And women love it. Yeah. They love it when you do it, especially mm -hmm. because, I mean, like, it's not like you always smell a vanilla vodka and no. are ranting and raving and you're seven mm -hmm. feet tall. You know what I mean? And grabbing at him and got your stinky phantasm shirt on. I'm sure that's fine. You know, so he's wearing like his it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt right now. Vanilla okay. vodka smells great. Uh, it's all like right. vanilla. A, I mean, it's gr everyone. That's a scent yeah. that people, you know, it's put like, in. You smell like a drunk baker. <laughs> exactly. Come and have my croissants. All right, I'm gonna read one called "Smile for Me." All right, this one. Uh, here's the first uh, five words. <laughs> I have a beautiful smile. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year, thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put 
photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and I was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue Nile bling she's got on her right now get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com that's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com bluenile.com Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. 
Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like, I got this uh, Texas sage. It's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there, and it's going to thrive, and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So far, See, so the way good. you say it, I don't believe <laughs> So far, so good. All right, I have a beautiful smile. Oh, how I miss it! Uh, this morning, I woke up and I smile at my uh, and I smiled at my bedroom mirror. I was I am disappointed at what I see. I kissed my husband. I oh, and I love my husband. Oh, and I love and I kissed him and I blew him and I and I touched his balls a little bit. And he said, "Get out of here! Get out of here, Wendy! Get out of here, you huge yeah, man! Disgusting! You're not my wife." Well, he calls me Wendy because he respects me as a lady, Henry. Okay, so I send my t- I send my kids off to school there at some good school, whatever. I entertain guests of friends. I uh, show them all a lovely smile, but I look in the mirror and I do not see it. Are you ready? Harry calls from the parlor as he would. Are you ready? You fucking bitch. <laughs> yes, my love. My huge wife. Are you ready for your oil sandwich? Yes, my love. I reply as a gla- as I clasp a string of polished. Pearls around my neck. Ooh. God, how big is that string of pearls? Oh, it's a nice size string because Harry knows me and he loves me. Oh, fantastic. The children are with Mrs. Knox and the dinner reservations are all set for 8 o'clock sharp and I'll be there on time. Harry beams as he enters our bedroom. He crosses over to me and he puts his arms around my waist and tells me, <laughs> tells me how darling I look tonight. And I love him for that because I do feel darling. I embrace him warmly, but honey, sub- you're getting huge. <laughs> Harry, no, it's a nice night. It's good evening. It's a good evening, Harry. Um, all right, I embrace him warmly, but suddenly I feel his his arms stiffen. Oh, that's not supposed to be what gets hard. Vivian, Harry stutters. Vivian, yeah, he stuttered that. Yes, dear, I answer sweetly. In horror, Harry raises raises a shaking finger. I've seen that before. In horror, Harry raises a shaking finger over my shoulder and points at the old full-length mirror against the wall. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> your, your reflection, it, it can't be. It, is it staring at us? The reflection is staring at them. And me, and I'm there. So it's staring at us. I turn to see her. I turn and I see her, gazing intently. She throws herself against the mirror. There is no sound, only deafening silence. Harry, help me! She mouths as the batter as the batters the and she mouths as she batters the surface with her fists. She's getting real mad and she's mm-hmm. stuck inside the mirror. I feel my eyes narrow at uh, I feel my eyes narrow at her. Harry looks and back and forth between myself and and my abhorrently perverse reflection. 
my limbs be this I do have this feeling every single morning <laughs> I, I do want to say that <laughs> my limbs begin to elongate and dear Henry's blue eyes widen he shrieks and struggles as I grasp him my jaw detaches my face contorts and splits open at my mouth my teeth look like shining shined and pierced knives Vivian's claw Vivian claws at the mirror she beats against it as I devour her help hapless husband perhaps now she will learn how to smile for me yes. so give me a smile yes. would you I just felt like this was very appropriate to all of your relationships oh they love it so I spent a lot of time looking through a lot of right. creepy pasta today and if anybody out there is an aspiring creepy pasta writer stop using mirrors every stop third using mirrors. every third story every third story has a mirror in it there's a creepy mirror some weird mirror that something happens and everybody's got teeth like knives Everybody's just, yeah, got teeth like sharpened steak anymore. knives. It is scary because teeth are not supposed to look like knives. Well, let make and teeth, everybody has a mirror. Teeth like stalactites. Oh, teeth please. Like That's just an earth knife. full of cum. <laughs> yeah, teeth like dripping jism. Teeth like prison shivs. That's, prison that shivs. That is a knife. No, that means a shiv. I thought it's that a was... shiv. It's a shiv. It's a Vivian. <laughs> now we take a trip to Joberdick. <laughs> this is a story called Joberdick. Uh oh. In Joberdick, <laughs> a small fisherman's village in the country of Bulgaria, on the dawn of January the first. Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm Ugh. choking on a stone. I eat the grocks for breakfast. Oh, no food. No food here. Everyone closes their curtains and holds their breath for half a minute. Hours after the craze of midnight celebrations, children look questioning at their worried parents, but cannot help to shiver in the embrace of their shaking parents. One can hear the sound of bells being struck exactly 25 times last year in the short time span. The nearest church, however, is over 32 miles away. 32. You will find no one in the streets in these fateful 30 seconds. And even the birds will stop. They're whistling. Hmm. Some have gone out of their houses, roaring boldly in disbelief of this century-old tradition. On the first sunset of this year, two people gambled their fate. In the very first rays of sunlight, the next dawn, the bells would be struck 27 times. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. That was it? Now I have two more guests to my phantom party. <laughs> All right, everybody ring a bell. <laughs> so there was like seven or eight vaguely recognizable accents in that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was, was Transylvania. covering all of Europe. Oh, yeah. I see. I was doing Epcot. Ooh. <laughs> that's very good. I hope you never have to work there. That would be sad. That would be very sad. That would be sad. the creepiest pasta of all time. If he had to work there? At some point in his life. Yeah, mm. well, you know it would be really creepy if a guy took a bunch of like, if guys ate a bunch of flax for like six or seven days, right? Right, right. Like I do. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you reach a certain stage of stasis with your poo-poo where it comes out like real hard chunks, like like little tater tots, like poops, and it's what you want. Right. Some oh, guy that's gives good? You a some guy gives you a bowl of like really brown looking gnocchi 
and uh-huh. tells you, hey, you want some bulgur wheat gnocchi. It's filled with a brown butter sauce, and mm-hmm. you eat it, and it turns out to be his shits. <gasps> what if it's your own shit? I think that's even creepier. Creepy <laughs> That means somebody's in there. Yeah. That's some creepy pasta. <laughs> creepy I have another. I have this one story that um, kind of haunts me to my very bones, um, and it's about... Um, so you've just married a woman, and you're spending one of your first nights together. Um... Yeah, back home after the months of planning a wedding it's so difficult you know it puts a strain on a relationship and so it's nice so it's like once the wedding happens and you come like you spend a a long time you know you're out on a honeymoon and you make love out on the beach together um and then finally it was just like well you're finally home you know and you finally come home and you're like this is it we're husband and wife now this is our home now um Let's say, you know, it's like late at night and you're sitting on the couch, you got a roaring fire going and just, you know, in a moment of passion, you just begin to start like kissing each other. And all of a sudden you hear the <laughs> of a phone ringing, right? And you answer the phone and it's like, what are you doing with my daughter? You tell your girl and she say my dad is dead. Then who was who was calling on the phone? Who was calling on the phone? I don't know. Probably their mother. Who gives a shit? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. All right. That's uh, a good fake out. Good fake okay. out. Uh, all right, Marcus, what do you got, buddy? I've got one called Baseball is Life. Ooh, I like mm. that one. In 2003, there was a man who loved his wife. The wife hated baseball. But the man loved it. She was a bitch. One day, awesome. baseball isn't the best game on earth. You it's know? fine. Yeah. One day, the wife tried to block the channel that hosted live baseball from the TV while the man was at work. She also tried to make Uh-oh. the man stall by saying that she was at the mall and she needed someone to pick her up. The man left work at five o'clock and went to the mall. After searching for 35 minutes, the man called his wife. After not answering three calls, she answered the fourth. The man asked, where was she? Where she, she was? She wasn't at the dress bar. <laughs> then she wasn't at the candle wick She wasn't uh, place. at the pottery bar, and she wasn't at the hot dog bar. Right. Now, I can't have anybody. I can't be dropping my wife off at the farm mall. Mm-hmm. I can't find her at the at the milkshake coop. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not whatsoever. Or the jean stall. Or the freshly squeezed egg sandwich place. The wife replied that she was picked up by her friend. Uh-oh. She added that the game was over and that the main team lost 8-0. to zero. The main team? The main no. team. Oh, wow. The so main they, team. The Yankees. They were supposed to go all the way this year. I love the main team because they, they got that one generic hitter and then the generic third baseman. He they, was so good. They got the big oh. guy. They got yeah, the good one. Named like Hightower. Mm-hmm. And then they got a little tiny guy whose name's like Speedster Johnson. And they got the guy who pitches with his feet. Uh, yeah. He is so talented. The armless pitcher. Yeah, Johnny Upside Down Rodriguez. <laughs> That's right. Well, the man came home sad that the team didn't make it to the playoffs. Oh. But he found out that the team did make it to the playoffs by winning 4-2. to two. And after the man found out that his wife blocked the channel. He brutally murdered her by stabbing her 18 times. The police took him to an insane sanatorium where the man insisted that he didn't murder her. The police actually let him free. 
And after two weeks, he married another wife that hated baseball, murdered her, was taken into sanatorium again, and was again let free. And then after two weeks, he would do the same. I think that was written by Roger Goodell, the commissioner for the NFL. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> this guy's got to start m- marrying people that they have a similar interest. They need, a, they they need an interest. Stuff. It's very important yeah. to have things in common with your significant other. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. All right. Are, are we ready to jump into something actually very scary? Yes, let's do it. All right. Yeah, so. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the creepy pasta barrel is... Running low. I got one Screep. called Parasite. Yeah, it you is. Know. It is. Let's do one more. Let's let's do. Let's have Ben do Parasite. Okay, I haven't read this one yet. So if it's a little bit uh, bumpy, don't blame me. That's weird though. It's so because all that you are so prepared mm-hmm. for each one of these readings. It's like I'm with a John Gilgood or like <laughs> who's an Alec Guinness. Who's an Alec Guinness or a Gilgood? Alec Guinness. He was Obi Wan Kenobi. <sighs> all right. Bridge over the River Kwah. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, I I didn't see him at Comic Con. (laughs) It's because he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Parasite. (laughs) Uh, Don't think of a pink elephant. It's the oldest trick in the book. As soon as you read that phrase, a pink elephant immediately pops into your head, and then you name it Henry Zabrowski, and now it stars in an NBC sitcom called A to Z. 9.30s on Thursdays. <laughs> now don't think of a sanity-devouring... Oh, this is kind of fun. Now don't think of a sanity-devouring psychic parasite attached to the back of your mind like a shadow. What little time you have left will be more pleasantly spent forgetting that one of those just popped into your head, too, you fucking idiots! <laughs> yeah! God. That's great. Yeah. Devoured. How you feeling as- now, you stupid listeners that yeah. we love? Yeah, we love How you. How you feeling now? Now you got that in your brain. Mm-hmm. A sanity <laughs> devouring psychic parasite. I think that is also Henry, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's my goal. Um, so this is uh so this is a true story. Uh this is the story of a killer named Larry Jean Bell. Right. Now, what I like about this story, I mean, I don't like it because it's mean. But he is uh, he is a killer that only he killed two people, a, a woman named Sharon Faye Smith and a young boy, a young girl named Deborah May Helmick. Now, the thing that made this guy particularly interesting is that he kidnapped these people. And then what he would do is that this is very, this is very true is that he would um, he would kidnap at the gunpoint. Basically, it turns out that he was a, a family friend of both of these people people so he basically he got them right. uh, to trust him immediately if anybody held them at gunpoint if mm-hmm. they try to kidnap you by a gunpoint just say kill me now shoot me now and if they shoot you you're dead otherwise you get to live yeah. never well, especially go- after what he did especially after what he does um, right yes so he he kidnapped uh sharon Faye smith at gunpoint and took several pictures of her. Basically, he convinced her to take a bunch of pictures with him, and then he, he basically scooped her up from a car uh, because she recognized him. And the parents got a call. So there was a gigantic, in South Carolina, this was in 1985, The it was a panicked area. Basically, this girl went missing. They found her car with the door open, her purse, and she, she suffers from a thing called... Um, diabetes insidious 
which is a disease that it's a type of diabetes that is you have to be drinking a great deal of water and it's Mm. it's a thing that lasts for 24 hours like basically you have to be drinking water constantly uh and taking your medication so basically how the news she was missing is that the bag her bag was left with her medication inside of it so there was a massive police hunt one of the biggest uh one of the biggest police searches uh in south carolina ever and they get a call from this man, uh, Larry Jean Bell, it'll, it'll turn out to be, basically saying, like, I have Sharon. I'm going to – he gives her the details of all the things that she was wearing that day uh, so they know what, what, what it was. And they're like, you're going to expect a letter from Sharon, and you're going to find it. So – and they led them to the this, this uh, phone booth where the letter was left, and they read the letter. And basically it turns out what he had done – is he had captured this woman and then made realized that he had made his mistake decided he was going to kill her had her write her will her last will and testament and then choose how she was going to die um and apparently she chose uh he basically they gave her the options could you choose of, gummy worms <laughs> i think yes. that would be a fun way to die death by chocolate mm. but it wasn't a tgi fridays ah so he said he could either shoot you in the head, give you a drug overdose, or strangle you with duct tape. And she chose to be strangled with duct tape because she was very religious, and she thought that this would allow her to atone for that's, all of her sins. That's the worst option. Yes. This is by far the worst option. Um, but Take the so drugs. There's a bunch. We're going to cover. We should cover this more in another episode because he basically then proceeds to constantly call this family, and they have an ongoing dialogue. But what I found is I bought the book. Uh, Murder in the Midlands, which is about Larry Jean Bell and this entire uh, saga. And they had inside of it the last will and testament of Sherry Faye Smith. And I'm going to read it for you. So this is the letter that they received that she wrote. Um, dated 6185. And that's how basically he identified it. As he said, you'd know because it's going to have the date 6185 on it and the time 310 written on it 310 310 a.m which was he said it was actually 312 but we both thought it was kind of funny that we, it was fine for us to round it off that is kind of funny they were bonding there mm-hmm. isn't it fun last will and testament i love you mommy daddy albert dawn and richard and everyone else and all the other friends and relatives i'll be with my father now so please please don't worry just remember with my my witty personality and great special times you all share together. Please don't even let this ruin your lives. Just keep living one day at a time for Jesus. Some good will come out of this. My thoughts will always be with and in you. Parentheses, casket closed. I love you all so damn much. Sorry, Dad, I had to cuss for once. Jesus, forgive me. Richard, sweetie, I really did and always will love you and treasure our special moments. And ask one thing though, accept Jesus as your personal savior. My family has been the greatest influence of my life. Sorry about the, sorry about the curse, mommy. Somebody please go in my place. Sorry about the cruise, mommy. Because she was also, she had just about to be, she was just about to graduate from high school and they were gonna go on a gigantic senior trip to the Bahamas. Which is a rough way to cancel. I'm sorry if if I ever done disappointed you in any way. I only wanted to make you proud of me. Because I've always been proud of my family. 
mom, dad, Robert, and David, there's so much I want to say that I should have said before now. I love you. I know you'll love me and will miss me very much, but if y'all stick together like we all always did, y'all can do it. Please do not become hard or upset. Everything works out for the good for those that love the Lord. All my love always, Sharon Sherry Smith. P.S. Nana, I love you so much. I kind of always felt like you're my, you're, like you're my favorite. You were mine. I love you a lot. I love y'all with my heart. And she drew a big smiley face at the bottom. Well, not as and, much uh, as she loves Nana. I mean, she's calling out favorite. She's cursing. She, I mean, she would have just been a Fox News a- anchor now anyway. You should see a picture of her. She looks like a Fox News anchor. I'm she, sure she, she was. She was very sweet and sweet and pretty. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I know it's supposed to be like a super well, sensitive a, thing. It is sad. But, I mean, at the same time. The thing about this thing that was like the uh, the worst about it was the fact that that love of Jesus thing made her like so like happy and fine with writing it because exactly. they had an ongoing conversation. Like what you'll basically find, what you basically find out is that through their, I'm, I'm trying to find it now. I'm going to have to, we'll have to cover this again. Um, she wasn't, because she was so in love with Jesus and so indoctrinated into the religion, The uh, this is why she went with the guy at gunpoint. This is well, why she allowed said, him to kill her. Also. It seems like this is why she chose to be strangled with duct tape. I mean, this story, I have, I have sympathy for her, obviously, but it seems very interesting the way that she was so ready to just yes and the guy who put a gun to her head and was about to murder her and gave her she enough time. She kind of jumps to- right into it. Yeah, because she does. They also do this thing, too, where they... He says to her, um, like, we're gonna, I'm gonna join you with God. And she, like, they pray together. He talks, he, when he talks to the parents, he says that they prayed together and that he was gonna join her with God. And it was all, it was all good because God forgave him. And now they just have to forgive him. And it was right. very highly, highly delusional. Um, it's all fucked up. It's completely insane. It's completely, yeah. had she not, had she been a Satanist, a secularist, or just even a, a goddamn rational Mormon, she would have said, no, how about we don't write this goddamn letter or this will and testament, and I bonk you in the head with an axe, and I get the hell out of here. I mean, at some point, I'm sure she could have attacked this guy while he is, like, leaning over her as she, uh, as, as she writes her final words. Poke him in it's the really eye with difficult. the goddamn pen. <laughs> this is what, you know. Satan never does this. Satan just wants you to go to a fucking concert and listen to records backwards. <laughs> right. You know I mean, like, that's all he wants from you. But that's yeah. only because all of the bands that he supports record their albums backwards, you know, backwards which is confusing. Yeah. No, Jesus really, I mean, he doesn't want a, a, a painless death. He really wants you to die as painfully as possible. Well, look, so I guess follow, so with duct tape. You can follow the arbitrary rules. I mean, good he died Lord. Like Vlad Dracul. <laughs> I mean, like, right. He was fucking tortured to death. Yeah, don't take advice from a guy who got nailed to a fucking tree, guys. No, obviously he's a sadist. He should have died in the walk up there. (laughs) I would never. I'll tell you this. One thing about Jesus and me as well. I never would have sat still long enough for you to get those nails in my hand. No, definitely not. <laughs> Squiggly wiggly. <laughs> I forget. Try to catch me. Try to catch me. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been like a, a, a Steven Seagal or a, uh, you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I would have pulled those nails out of the uh, out of the uh, tree there and just jammed them in the side of the person trying to uh, trying to murder me. If only he w- if only she was Arnold Schwarzenegger. If yeah. only. Instead of a tiny blonde uh 18-year-old high know. school student. And then, oh, I love I you all, say- but Grandma, you're my favorite. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? What, how does that I make the mother feel? That is, that is not fair. That's yeah, right. That's not fair. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up this episode with 
a 911 call. All right. Let's which do, we haven't yeah, done, and we haven't done a 911 call in forever. This is a pretty brutal one. Uh, this is a guy in Florida that murdered six of his grandchildren with a 45 caliber handgun, immediately sat down on the porch and called 911 to turn himself in. This is a, a, a never-released Charles Bronson movie. <laughs> Called Revenge Against My Family. <laughs> Joe Chris County 911, what's the address of the emergency? Yes, ma'am. I, I, um, I just shot my daughter and shot all my grandkids, and I'll be sitting on my step, and when you get here, I'm going to shoot myself. What is the address that you're at, sir? 2550 Northwest, 25 Paris, downstairs. They're, they're, every one of them are dead. Uh, you said your name is Don Spirit? Yep. All right, Don, what kind of gun do you have? It doesn't matter what kind of gun I got. They're all dead, and then when you get here, I'll shoot myself, and then you figure out what kind of gun it is. And how long did this happen, Don? I, I, don't, I don't want to hear it, man. I'm done with all everything. Just bring them up. That's all. We got all the kids are dead in the house. Okay, how many people? Okay, how many people? Six kids, one adult. Six kids and one adult? Yeah. One of them is a baby. All right, Don, is there any way you can stay on the phone with me until I get somebody there to help you? What's that? Can I ha have you stay on the phone with me? No, I, no, not that. I'm waiting for them to get here. When they get here, I'm going to shoot myself on my back step. All I'm doing is waiting for them. Are you sitting on your back steps? Yep. I need help. Okay, Don. Um. And shoot himself, he did. All right. Yep. As soon as... As soon Did he ever as say why? Hello, I just called you. What's that? Did he ever say why? No, he just and because when they got there, he uh, like they had he had a very brief exchange with the cops, then he just shot himself in the head. Yeah. I would assume it wasn't because he was super happy. No, 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 no. He had a history of violence naturally. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, everyone, you know, wondered. I mean, he was a dangerous man. Uh, everybody knew. Uh, but you know, apparently uh, Child right. Protective Services had been there as well. They never took the kids out. Uh, but, yes, he killed Caleb Coleman, Kylie Coleman, Jonathan Coleman, Destiny Stewart, Brandon Stewart, and Alana Stewart. Those kids were 11, 9, 8, 5, 4, and a few months. All Jesus. right. Well, that's very sad. Uh, and it's too bad the cops didn't stop this guy from shooting himself because it would have been fun to see him do the old tar and feather type thing, you know, mm -hmm. and go to the yeah. trial and he would be the worst and person on earth. It's just so brutal when it's like that. It's like he's just he made such a resolute thing. And it also says here that he accidentally shot his son mm -hmm. not long ago. Oh, on accident? On yes. quote he says unquote on accident. accident. It went right through the baby. And, like, <laughs> through the kid? Like, to his son? I mean, what happened? Separate incidents. Oh, separate incidents. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if this was on accident. I think he was just had too much pride to admit he didn't shoot right. Yeah. His, his aim was yeah. all off. Yes, his name was Don is, Spirit. Don Spirit. You know, you can choose your friends, mm -hmm. but you can't choose your family. That's right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you, really, you really can't. That's what that reminds me of is that one. Is that but you story. can choose to kill your family, apparently. Hey, everybody can. Oh, it's this, your choice. Right. Oh, uh, this is Don't sad. They had a GoFundMe campaign. They didn't hit the. Uh, they, they, did? they didn't hit it. No. What were they going to get Come funded? On. The what funerals. Were, all the funerals. I mean, it's six funerals. That's a lot of funerals. Jesus can't you just Christ. do? Can't it just be like one a active? buffet of funerals? Can't it just be six? <laughs> I mean, it's six. That six embalming, six right. coffins, I'm just six saying, grave plots. But one Marcus, funeral. Is it still active? Is go it fund me? Uh, it is actually yes. It is still active. Go fund so them. Go, let's give the address to the. Let's give the address to the GoFundMe. It's GoFundMe.com/slash/BellFloridaTragedy. They've raised fifteen grand of twenty grand. Yeah. So give money In to that. Give. Oh, yeah. Okay. Give, let's give money that. I will also give money to that. Uh, as soon as I get money, I'll give some. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, which will is, be very soon, hopefully. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Six funerals, six coffins. Jesus right. fucking Christ. We'll I mean, fund them. I'll give some. Don- we'll all donate yeah. some money. I mean, the coffins alone, that's like 12 grand. I mean, they're children's coffins, so they're cheaper. So yeah. maybe like 10 grand, 9 grand. Uh, cool. But I'm so- glad that they're cheaper. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Well, that whole coffin thing anyway is a huge racket. Yeah. At least, you know. at least in the end, you're like, oh, my son is dead. But at least they're on. God, these, these caskets are on sale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yay! It's like, oh, oh, let's go, hey, let's go check down at Ross and see if Ross has got some discount caskets. Yeah, exactly. Spending all this money on this shit. Hey, I got an idea, honey. I know a baby's dead. Why don't we just put it in a fucking plastic bag and throw it off the fucking highway? That's not proper, sir. That's not proper. But nor is these uh, these funeral homes charge an arm and a leg for these damn things. There needs to be like a Bob's Furniture version, you know, like a Bob's Furniture version of a Tempur-Pedic. Yeah, as soon as you make tears for caskets, as soon as you say, like, oh, these are the good ones, these are the bad ones, they have that's em. when you know how much people, how much you mean to people. Yeah, but I mean, you, you're dead. Well, if you go to casketsite.com, they've got discount caskets for you free. Next day nationwide delivery available. You can get the 16 gauge model. Uh, and <laughs> it's if probably you want, the shotgun that the guy blew himself out. <laughs> the 16 gauge model, you can get it gauge. in tiger eye for only $2,990. Marcus oh, and Henry, I'm telling way. you right now, if you guys skimp on my goddamn casket, I'll come back and haunt every damn thing you've ever tried to do with your life. You can get it in I tiger eye. I don't think have a choice. I don't think you have a choice because it's like the big and tall stores. They rack up the prices because That's right. they know for a fact you got to shop there. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I want a Tempur-Pedic. I want to be able to go up and down whenever my corpse wants to. So well, if you want- I am going to say this. I, I am going to cut off your feet so we can pitch you in regular costume. costume <laughs> that is and pathetic. Then put, the, put the feet near your head so you can finally see them. I'm, so now I'm <laughs> foothead? Now I'm foothead when I go to die? You got to be kidding me, Henry. That's pathetic. Out of all, for all, after all I've done for you. Well, I, I'm glad that we left this podcast feeling all uneasy and fucked up. <laughs> Foothead Ben That's Kissel. my favorite. That's my yeah. favorite way to exit a creepypasta yeah. episode. Lizard. I like that, too. By the way, the standard cremation casket is only $795. Oh, yeah, because right. what it is? I mean, it's balsa wood, yeah. right? It's just like fucking you're going to set it on it's fire anyway. Time. It better be really easy to set on fire. It's yeah. made out of matchsticks. Yeah. I mean, Shaker, honestly, the Bayview Beach, Pacific Pine, Newport, Clarion Pine, Indicott Cherry. The Anything Germans did it. The Germans do it best in their funeral tradition. They just lower the casket right after the ceremony. You hear the uh, you hear the fire start uh, going, and by the time you walk out, you have the urn right there. 
The Germans? That's how they do you're it. You're talking about the Germans' I'm, efficiency you know so in burning funny? bodies? Are, well, you're no, doing right I'm now? not talking, you're talking about you. When my uncle died, no, no <laughs> I am just, it's cheaper. No, I am not discussing, no, I'm 2000 this happened. They were yeah. so inefficient. It was pretty amazing. Like, right. you know, they could get a whole generation of Jews. <laughs> yeah, you guys can really spin shout. a tale. You guys can really take, take a sentence and make it seem... <laughs> Disgustingly, <laughs> you're the one who brutal. brought up your grandfather and his fucking down home way to get rid of a body recipe. That he left <laughs> and then, I mean, that's how all like the Germans do it. That on your childhood. Yeah, I uh, know right. that's well, how the Germans uh, do right. it. Right. Well, we don't. <laughs> Henry's Polish Italian, for Christ's sake. They just put cement boots on them and make their hair feel like seaweed. Everybody knows what? that they drown them. <laughs> it's a um, reference back well, to is, seaweed. We did it. We yeah. did do it. We're at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to say that with Halloween's coming up again. It's coming up very soon. Thank God. Not God. Fuck God. That would be the I'm wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Halloween coming up soon. We're very excited. You should be very excited for next week's episode. It will be fun. Because we have a heavy hitter that's going to make your, your penis swing. And yeah. your vagina clap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all right. Everyone. He's a bit of a. Let's just say uh, he's a bit of a. He loves. He's a folk music artist. Yeah. Yeah. He is a folk musician. That's very bad at it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact. Very yeah. bad at it. Had a right. couple of passable songs. Mm-hmm. Went to. Uh, yeah, but only if you took the and then added a layer of GNR to it. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So follow follow us on Twitter. Yep, that's Marcus Parks. That's Henry Loves You. I'm Ben Kissel. Let's do a Magustalations. Magustalations. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take your Hail Gein. I'm giving no. a Hail Gein out there. You fucked it up. It's Hail Gein. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, and you should, it's so weird because those words should fit so comfortably in your mouth. Hail me! <laughs> uh, that is ridiculous. Uh, hail yourselves and um, hail, sweet, sweet Satan. Yes. I can't wait to see you again, Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, everybody. We will talk to you very soon. Goodbye. Oh, and don't forget to go buy a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Buy a damn T-shirt. Cape They're comedy. really good. I feel really weird wearing one of myself. I yeah. know. I, I felt. This, I have. You know what? Leave a uh, comment thread on the Facebook page about it because I felt the exact same way. Is it douchey if Marcus, Henry, and myself wear the shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know because too. I, I, like, I feel weird. I've worn it like twice, and yeah. I feel weird every time. But I mean, the one thing that I count on. Is that strangers won't necessarily look at the shirt and go, hey, fucker, you're wearing a shirt with your own face on it. And people I know already know I'm a little douchey, so they don't right, worry right. about it. But then you if they're like, oh, what podcast is that? You're like, oh, this is me right here. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, did you sell any shirts or did you just buy one for your, did you just have one made <laughs> for yourself? A billboard. Right. And I will also again say to everybody, we read that damn Facebook shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And we're posting shit. I'm posting stuff. Post scary stuff. It's fucking Halloween. Yeah. All right, let's do this. No, let's do this I, together. Honestly, if they're going to be a campaign to post something, post a video I haven't seen yet because I've seen all of them. I've seen all of them. So well, then it's going to be difficult that's scary to do. that scares me. Yeah. Or post uh, something from Mork and Mindy because uh, Robin Williams is dead, and that'll make us all sad. It's been months, Ben. <laughs> I know. It's just it was sad. I, I thought about him the other day. Well, hail Satan. All right. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. 